Welcome, everybody. Episode 29 of Dharma Unfiltered, coming in from the University of Miami. Special guest on the podcast today, Max Bauman. I was first introduced to him, um, I guess, actually through a friend of mine, Declan, who's also very entrepreneurial, and and it's hard to find entrepreneurial kids down here. It's hard to find entrepreneurial kids, I guess, in college in general, at least from what I've found. And so I, I just looked up Max on Instagram. He had this like thing called Linktree where you can see all his different links. I'd never even seen that before. And then I, logged, I looked um, more into that and I found this uh, at that time. What, what was the platform? Tele, Telegram? It, yeah, it, Telegram. That's it. Yeah. So I found a, a stock trading group chat and I, you know, I've been pretty um, getting into stock trading lately, recently, and I found that chat and, and I was pretty impressed by kind of the the group of, of people that he's brought together. And, you know, on a day-to-day basis, you find a lot of kids that are our age, even, even thinking about investing. And so to kind of see that and create that, Max, on your part, I, I commend you for that. And obviously now that's that's moved to Discord and I, I, I hope to see that thing grow. Um, so Max, if you kind of want to introduce yourself, uh, tell the people you know where you're from, what, what you do, um, what you're passionate about, and then we can kind of jump into some more specific topics from there. Yeah, for sure. So like, so I'm Max Bauman. <clears throat> I'm from, <clears throat> sorry, Miami Beach, Florida. 19 years old. Uh, I go to the University of Miami, like Reed said, um, studying sociology and with minors in ecosystem science and, and policy, as well as uh, sustainable business. And a lot of people laugh when I say that and say, like, why are you studying sociology? But like the real reason is because my ultimate ambition is to like one day create like nonprofits and things that are going to like help the world. Um, being from Miami Beach, like I've experienced sea level rise firsthand. Um, tons of pollution and tons of things like that and it's always felt like my duty to like spend my life and dedicate my life to fix those things so like I really am doing everything I can to like stay in school even though like I'm money motivated I I have a lot of friends who like are ditching college to you know go make tons of money and like you know that that shit kind of makes me jealous sometimes but you know at the same time I'm here at school to like learn as much as I can and and then one day be able to like start my own nonprofits to um, ultimately help the world and and try to be environmentally friendly and create sustainable businesses that hopefully can impact the city of Miami Beach and then one day the state of Florida and then hopefully the country and the world too. So that's kind of how I plan on scaling it. That's dope, man. So was there there was there like a specific moment that kind of uh, inspired you to, was there, was there like a day in time that you just decided this, is what I want to do long-term that's what I yeah. want to do with my life. I think so. Yeah. So like a lot of my life, I always was interested in like environmental science and things like that, but I always felt like, you know, you couldn't really make money being a scientist. I mean, that was at least my like gut feeling. And then what happened was my junior year of high school, I took a course at my high school called, um, social entrepreneurship and and it was awesome and and basically what that class was was it was a focus of you know basically entrepreneurship but with a a huge emphasis in social work so it was about we just you know learned about tons of foundations of environmental science and then you know the next year i 
ended up taking AP Enviro because of all of these things that I learned. It made me interested. We learned a lot about the environment and, you know, energy and things like that. And then we would read case studies about people who were actually creating sustainable businesses right. that their product was charitable and and helped the world. But at the same time, they found business models that allowed them to sustainably continue this business and the, and the, and the, the business funded itself, you know? Yeah, I think a lot of times entrepreneurship has a weird connotation uh, to a lot of people as like, I feel like it's kind of a polarized audience behind entrepreneurship. Like there's the people that are super kind of like me and you just super, or, or I guess, um, you know, like-minded and those ambitions could have originally started out of like a, a want or a need for to make money. But then there's also people that view that in kind of a negative light and say, well, why are these people being so greedy? But what I really like about social entrepreneurship is it blends kind of the nonprofit world with the more traditional for-profit um, entrepreneurial ventures. Um, and honestly, it's the exact same thing at the end of the day, like whether you're whether you're growing a, for, a totally for-profit business or a nonprofit that's aiming to help people or the environment in some way. It's really all the same process and the things that you learn in in one kind of venture can easily be translated a lot of times um, outside of industry knowledge but the, the things that you learn on an operational level can easily be translated uh to those other kind of nonprofit ventures yeah like uh an example i wanted to share with you reed is like i i heard i learned about this super interesting company about this woman who, who found out that like these African children love to play soccer, but at the same time, they were too poor to like afford a brand new soccer ball. So they would use like rocks or like anything they could. And right. then at the same time, they lacked electricity. So what this woman did was she created a soccer ball that actually had a turbine inside of it that was powered by kinetic energy. Oh and so what that did was like she would give these balls to the to the children and then they would play soccer for about two hours and then it would actually the ball would charge the neighborhood for for electricity for a few hours as well and so then like they just provided they started selling the company and just bringing in more and more balls and like and it was started to power more and more houses and it started to be like a very very positive impact and at the same time they were making money doing it but all the money that um went into the company as you know you know you're a business owner yourself so i'm sure you know what i mean is every single dollar that came in went right back into the business mm -hmm. so that's how they scale they just keep doing that definitely definitely and just snowball effect um yeah it was interesting because about senior year i just started kind of, I just started thinking a lot and I figured out that the two most important words for me long-term are gonna be impact and influence. So how can I how can I directly kind of impact people on, even on just the day-to-day -day basis, even if it starts at a small level, even if it starts with something as small as ketchup, um, but eventually, obviously I want, not, not necessarily obviously, but eventually, I want to kind of use whatever funds that I'm personally able to draw from that business and do some of the things that um, you're talking about. And then also influence. And I think that that's something interesting that I want. I want to dive into um, the stock group chat because that is a that that's a big leadership move. And that's something that is is rare nowadays like that. That's hard to find, man. 
um, somebody who I guess has the ambition to even start that. And, you know, I'm in, I'm in that category because I had started to try to find, I had started to, you know, make just group chats with friends that, that I, uh, that also I knew that, that traded and stuff. But how did that chat originally start? Um, and, and I guess how long ago and what was the story behind that? Yeah, that's a good question. So like what happened was, was um, I, I didn't go to college this first semester. I took the semester off because I am not a big fan of online school. And so I decided to take the semester off and be productive instead. Um, so I got my real estate license. I learned all about the Forex market, learned all about the stock market. But here's the thing, I didn't really have a mentor. So I kind of learned everything the hard way. And what that means in the market is losing money, you know? So like, there was a lot of times where I lost money um, learning and, and you know, that that's sort of the growing pains of like hopping into something like this. And, and so what ended up happening was um, I started the group chat around July because that, you know, that, um, that was actually before the first semester. But what actually happened was I started the group chat as a way for me to sort of build a, a database or a Rolodex, I should say, of people who um, can help me learn this, you know, whether or not they actually know what it is themselves. It's like, I just wanted to build a community in which people could talk about stocks. And I hadn't seen that before, but little did I know there were thousands of communities just like it. Mm-hmm. And so then I started to explore them on Instagram, started joining other ones and seeing how, you know, there's some that are paid and some, some people are scamming you and some people aren't, but that's besides the point. Um, is basically what happened was then around July, I, I created the telegram cause like, uh, I was doing similar things to what you said is like, you know, creating group chats with like-minded people and things like that created the telegram in July. And that was because, um, um, yeah, I just really wanted to create a, a group. And then once that sort of started to take off July, August, September, those were big, big learning moments in my, um, in my stock career, I should say, because I lost uh, large amounts of money and and I and it was like the market conditions were not the same like they were in the summer because everything just went up, up, up in the summer. And then all of a sudden September happened and we had a big sell off. And then that was sort of my beginner trading style wasn't used to that. So right. so then I realized I, I had to completely rethink everything. I took a break from the chat and it wasn't even popular yet. And so everything I just sort of fell off the grid for about a month or two. And then all I did then was just, I started paper trading a ton, meaning trading with fake money. So there was no risk involved, Mm. practicing my strategies, risk management. And then I came back stronger than ever. And then I just started making good call after good call after good call. And then I made all my money back and more. So, and then, so then that's when the, the, the chat really started to pop off was because, um, I really had all the answers, like, a lot of kids my age were coming in to this chat knowing absolutely nothing. And then, and that was exactly what I spent the last six to nine months doing. So I was like able to completely speed up like tons of my friends processes of learning how to trade because, you know, they'd ask questions in the chat and me and my friend Robbie back home in high school, like we both knew exactly what was up when it came to how to set your account up. Like when you have a problem, what do you do? Um, what the fills mean, what the spreads mean, like what an option is, 
like what makes a stock a good buy, all these sort of things, like we knew the answers to them when most people learn it the hard way. So that was really the basis of the chat. And so I guess the goal is for that, for as many people as possible to not have to learn the stock market the hard way. Definitely. And I think there's a, a few big takeaways from that is that um, going in on something like there, there's always, even, even when it seems like there's not many people that are doing it, there are. And that's the beauty of living, living in the digital age is that you can find, you can create communities yourself about things that you're passionate about. You don't have to constantly be just looking around for one, even trying to find it. You can create it yourself, whether that's yeah. Discord, whether it's on Telegram, whether it's on YouTube or Snapchat, it doesn't even matter. The platforms are all are, are, are here for us yeah. to use. And that's the beautiful thing about it. And, and there's just so much to learn from other people's experiences. It's like, why, why, you know, obviously, um, something that I've bat been battling with my head, but I think it's both is that, you know, you can, the best way to learn is probably, you know, by, by learning the hard way and making the mistakes along the way. But there's so much to learn from people that have already made those mistakes. Like, why would you waste your time making those yeah. mistakes if you can find a mentor kind of like you're talking about who can not necessarily tell you exactly what to do, but kind of point you in the right direction. Exactly. Yeah. So do you have a, I know you've talked about some mentors in your life. So t tell me a little bit about the importance for you of, of mentors recently um, and kind of the role that they play in your life and who they are. Sure. Yeah. I mean, mentors have massive, massive roles in my life. I mean, um, it really started out like when COVID started and I, I knew, I always knew I was an entrepreneur, but I never had that mentorship that I, that I really, um, that I really wanted, but really what happened was, and now on second thought, it was actually a little bit before COVID. And what happened was, was there was a, an event by an old friend of mine who, um, you look him up on Instagram, he's very uh, successful and prevalent and he, his name is Dre Medici. So he went to a high school that um, is very prevalent here in Miami. And, and my high school, um, we had a lot of friends that were, you know, within each other's schools and stuff like that. So I always knew who this kid was. And then I saw that he went to UF and dropped out. And then all of a sudden, like he started kicking ass. And I was like, whoa, this, this kid's a beast. And then next thing I know, he's posting on his Instagram story that he's having this event at this mansion in Miami that he rented. And like, you just buy a $50 ticket, you go. And then, and like, what was he specifically doing? So he was a, he is still a social media marketer. So he is super amazing at his expertise is basically um, if you hire him, he's going to help you get as much exposure on Instagram as possible, make your page look as amazing as possible. And he emphasizes the fact that like Instagram is almost like today's modern day business card. And like, it really shows you show you show yourself off on Instagram. And so he teaches you how to like really make the most of Instagram. Yeah, that's interesting too. And I just wanted one quick thing before you continue your story. Sure, sure, yeah. I, I, from a consumer standpoint, I feel like a lot of times people look at like, business Instagram accounts and 
even even personal Instagram accounts and, and the more followers they have, a lot of times people think the more successful they are. Yeah. Um, so, so, and, and I, I don't think that's true at all. Like I, I know a couple of business owners who have 200 followers on Instagram, but like the, this one guy I know that has a, a salsa company that they, they have uh, like 276 followers, but they're in over 3000 stores. So I, the point being, even if it's not necessarily true, kind of people's perceptions of it is still relevant and important. Sure. Um, yeah. Yeah. So, okay. Yeah. Continue with your story. I mean, to comment on that real quick is just like, um, yeah, you don't have to be on social media to, you know, be having a successful business, but because of the age we live in today, it is an excellent tool for creating a successful business. So, so that's basically where he comes in is like, if you choose to use that tool, like he's going to be the great, a great person to get you to where you want to be using that tool. And so he created this event called the Miami mastermind, which like I said, is like, we paid $50 a ticket and he was nice enough because we knew each other to give me a discount on the ticket. So I went and he taught me so much about like what, about how to make a good Instagram. Although I haven't totally like used, or I haven't really built my Instagram to like its full potential yet. I plan on it when I got more um, businesses going for myself and I have more things to promote. Um, but he taught me exactly how Instagram works from, you know, from a seller perspective, because, you know, a lot before I was like one of those people who just treated Instagram, like, you know, a magazine and I was just a sheep flipping through it. But, you know, he showed me that really like Instagram, something that you can make a lot of money from, you know, you can actually turn it into something useful instead of something that you just waste time on, Mm -hmm. you know? And so that was interesting. Um, and so that, that, Are you that talking about your personal Instagram or business Instagrams. Yeah. So, you know, it actually could be either. Cause let's say like you're a real estate agent, right. And like, therefore it's going to be a personal Instagram, right. but you know, if it's like ketchup, please, for example, then you're going to have, you know, your corporate Instagram page and, and he, and he works with both kinds and like, and so it's really based on what you're doing, you know? Okay. So, so anyway, I, Prior to this event, I never really felt like I always wanted to be an entrepreneur, but like I, no one had ever said anything to me. But this guy, Dre, you know, told me that that if I hustled, like he saw it in me that I was a young wolf just like him. And I was like, damn, someone telling me that, you know, really fired me up. So so that's what started it. So now, you know, Dre and I still talk and he's the homie. But moving on, like then I started to really the the young wolf sensation really started to kick in, especially when COVID started. You know, I saw everyone just like complaining and watching Netflix. But then here I was like trying to make money on e-commerce and like trying to trade stocks and shit like that. Like, yeah. So then I uh, I started uh, following Luca Nets, which if anybody watching is in the e-commerce um, space, like they know who Luca Nets is. He's huge. He's famous. He he helped out the Nelk Boys, Supreme Patty, Harry Jowsey, like very big names. He's a he's a really successful dude, and like I have I've been blessed to know him through my cousin who got to work with him or who who works with him, and they work on Von Dutch together. But um, besides the point, um, so this guy Luca, I swiped up on his story one day, and I was just like, hey man, can you teach me stocks? And he was like sure and like he gave me his personal phone number and i and it was just lucky i really just got lucky that he was so nice to me and then 
um, I would ask, just text him every now and then, ask him about some stocks. And like, he gave me good picks. He told me to get in Tesla, like at a hundred dollars before the split. Like he, he was, he was a knowledgeable guy, you know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, yeah. So, so yeah. And then, um, next thing I know, it's like about August and, and Luca tells me he's in Miami t- to come and watch him work. And then I was like, Whoa. And then, so I come and he's like in this $8 million penthouse in downtown Miami and it's like it and it looks over the entire city like the south side sees Key Biscayne and the north side sees Miami Beach and it's just like the most beautiful view I've ever seen in my life and and then like and I'm just like I gotta be this baller you know so what was what was like the work setup like like did he have other people there yeah so um I met so I met um this guy Noah he was a beast it's like this guy Noah actually Perhaps uh, when you, during COVID, there's this super viral TikTok and it's about like um, the skyscrapers in Miami during COVID when we had the stay-at-home order and it was like ultra music festival was canceled. And so people um, played music on their balcony and then like slowly and slowly and slowly, like more and more people came out on their balconies and started partying too. And then like, and then by the end, it's like the entire downtown Miami is like on their balconies partying. That's dope. Yeah. So that's a super famous TikTok. Like this guy, Noah, he, he made that TikTok. Oh, he made it? <laughs> yeah. So, so I got to meet that guy and that was really funny. He was talking about the TikTok and shit. And then I met um, Luca's like main e-com team, which is like him and two other guys. And then um, I met this guy, Cy Watson. He's at Cy Watson on Instagram. He's an absolute legend. He's like an eight figure cryptocurrency earner. He's a, he's an absolute beast. So I got to meet all these people, got to learn so much from all these people and it was really life-changing. And so then that is really what drove me to want to be successful. And then I got two sales jobs as well in order to like build, I'm trying to build as much capital as possible so that I can start tossing some money into these endeavors that, you know, will make, maybe make me some money, maybe not. So, yeah. 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 So did you say that that was during COVID that you or during, I guess, the onset of COVID? When, when did you meet with them? Um, with Luca? I met with them in August. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. You know, it's funny you say um, everyone was complaining about COVID and how they had to stay at home and all this. And I can completely relate to that. I remember posting on my story, like everyone was complaining about like not having prom. And I'm like, if seriously, like if senior year of high school is your peak, if senior year of high school is the best, it's supposed to be the best year of your life, I, you got to change something up. You yeah. know? Like, like let's, let's look at this. I mean, it, it comes down to just being positive. And like, I never got super worried. I guess the politics around me um, never stressed COVID that much just in general. So naturally because of my environment, I was like never super worried about it, but yeah, I mean, I, I kind of, um, I did the same thing as you did just on a totally different level. So I just started landscaping manual labor, just, you know, making money. You know, I wasn't, I wasn't even thinking about learning anything or doing trading or anything. I just looked at it as, as an opportunity to make money. And I think that, um, the people who there, there's still people that are, are complaining about COVID and that are using it as an excuse. Like, I feel like 2020 
really showed who the real like winners are and who the real losers are. Because if you didn't somehow use 2020, use the time at home to hustle, you're not a hustler. <laughs> like yeah. this is no, literally the perfect time. Yeah. Literally the perfect opportunity. 1000%. But um, I wanted to add about the topic before about the mentors is like, not only was um, Luca Nets and Dre Medici and Cy Watson, huge, huge mentors to me, but um, those were people I met in person. And then also like all the people I met over at Vivint, which is a sales job I work for, all of those people that work there are massively inspiring because they're all in their mid twenties and they're all worth at least six or seven figures investing in real estate and stocks. And they know their shit, dude, like they're awesome. And then like, they're exactly what we want to be like. They drive sick Audis or sick Teslas and you, and and they paid for it all themselves. No daddy's money. And you're just like, wow, like that's exactly what I want to be like, man. And, um, but, but the biggest, biggest mentors to me are the, are the, are the Titans. Like when I say that, I mean, reading things that Jeff Bezos says, reading things Warren Buffett says, reading things Elon Musk says, like those Titans are in my opinion, the most, they're the people you want to copy the, their mindset. Like but, those people are unstoppable. So yeah, like, yeah. so when I think of those people and like, and, and the things they say are just pure golden and, you know, sometimes, you know, you know, you always have the right to disagree right. with people, but, but if I'm you're, saying like, when I hear a good quote, generally them, surrounding yourself with that energy, yeah, it's obviously at least some of it is going to kind of rub off on you. And, um, I wanted to get into, um, what you said about in the, in the email about kind of creating an unstoppable mindset and something that I've been kind of passionate about. I, I, I watched the, uh, Marcus Luttrell, uh, he was, I don't know if you've seen the movie Lone Survivor, um, but he was, he did a, a podcast with Joe Rogan. Anyway, he was a, uh, he was a Navy SEAL. Um, but I, I just listening to his podcast, and then I don't know if you're familiar with David, David Goggins, um, two ex Navy SEALs, but talk about an unstoppable mindset. If you watch some David Goggins shit, he's posting on Instagram, like him, he'll go on these like enormously long runs. He'll run from like city to city. And so for me, part of creating it, that unstoppable mindset for me has been the physical activity. So like I've gotten super into like, I, I like more so than ever, because I guess I was always, um, it started, you know, I, I was never like a crazy like athlete. I played sports in high school, but nothing crazy. And then summer came and each summer I would be working super hard in the sun, but now I'm able to just like put as much time as I need to in, in, the, in the weight room. And then also I've just started doing sprints and the feeling that I get from like doing that, I, it's, it's like, you can have as much stress, you can have a crazy amount of stress and pressure on your shoulders. But if you kind of, if you find an outlet, whether it's that, you know, direct physical activity, or if it's just like a game to de-stress or something like that, it'll level out all of that stress in front of you and tell you exactly and show you and make your mind kind of, it gives your mind perspective that that's not hard. What I'm, what I was just doing was hard. My, my running those three miles and then doing like, you know, 20 sprints, that was hard. Um, so that's something that I've 
definitely recently, uh, I guess, used to, to have that unstoppable mindset and, and kind of having, a, I, I call it like a military-like discipline, um, just on an everyday basis, no matter what I'm doing. Like whether it's what I'm eating, what I'm work, when I'm working out, when I'm doing homework, it's just military-like discipline, all business. What are some ways that you are able to foster that unstoppable mindset? Um, yeah, so like you said, um, working out is definitely really important. Lifting weights, running, I do those things too. I have, I was, I was hearing you say that you sprint. That sounds like a freaking great idea. I'm gonna start doing that too. But like. Um, Another huge one for me is journaling and meditating. Both of those kind of go hand in hand for me because mm -hmm. I sort of like start by meditating and then I would, and then I journal after. And like what journaling is to me is like, I don't know how many people relate to this, but I just get into these moods where like, I feel like I have so many thoughts that like my brain gets unorganized. And my, when my brain gets unorganized, I almost feel like manic or something, like just losing my mind almost. So then what I do is I, just sit down and I write. And what that does, in my opinion, is like, it makes your thoughts real. Is like, thoughts are intangible. They're locked in here. And then like, once you put them on paper, they become real. And like, that just like, really eases your soul in a way. It just like really makes you feel like you don't even have to think about that anymore because it's on paper. Like you've already like gotten it documented. Like you don't really have to stress about it anymore. And so when I have just like periods of my life where I'm like, don't really know the direction I want to go in, like journaling is key. I say journal at least once a week, but lately I've been doing it uh, every other day. Okay. Um, yeah. So you just, I would say those are the two biggest meditation and journaling. Yeah. You just kind of do it when you just kind of, you don't necessarily schedule it out. You just kind of do it when you feel like you need to, or when you, when you feel the urge to. Yeah. And I get, and I would, I would say I have roughly a schedule. Cause you know, I try to like keep it some semi-consistent. So, you know, like lately I've been doing it every other day, but I say at least a week. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. You know, it's funny. Cause Earlier today, I was just, I, I was actually just thinking about that. I was thinking about how, um, you know, kind of just along those lines, like I've right here in front of me, uh, this is how I just, this is my organizer just for things that I have to do, but I also will sometimes write. Um, but yeah, I like what you said about once you put it on paper, you know, it's not going anywhere. Like, whereas on, on a day-to-day -day basis, um, as college students, as kind of business-minded people that new information is coming into our brains and our atmospheres all the time, it's important to sit down and kind of let those thoughts um, work themselves out. And I think another part of it too is after I read uh, Matthew McConaughey's book, I, I talk about this fucking book all the fucking time on this podcast because it was life-changing for me. It was the only book that I've ever just, I couldn't stop flipping the pages um but you know he he kind of illustrated his childhood and basically his whole life up until now he's 50 i think um so it inspired me to just you know open a composition notebook and just start writing about my life because 
I want to I want to write a super dope memoir one day or, or memoir or autobiography about my life one day. And it's like if you journal, you know, even if it's just once a week, but if you can do it like every day or every other day, you are literally writing the story. You're, you're basically writing the book. You're writing the story of your life. And that almost holds you accountable in, in a way. Cause if you're sitting around all day doing jack shit, watch playing video games or some shit, are you really going to like, you know, write about that? Maybe, but like, I would rather write about something <laughs> super interesting. I'd rather like have my book be like crazy interesting. You know what I'm saying? Definitely. Yeah. I've actually started outlining my own memoir because I plan on I plan on writing not only like books about my life, but like also books about philosophy and like how I perceive like, you know, things like how people should perceive spiritual concepts or like how people should be perceiving um, like how to treat others and things like that. I'm really into like, I'm really into like existential philosophy and things like that. Okay. So I plan on writing about those things one day too. Okay. So in what sense are you into philosophy? Like, do you read a lot about because I was actually considering a philosophy major and I'm taking a class right now and I enjoy it. Um, but kind of to what extent? Um, yeah, so I read a lot of philosophy. At, um, when I was a senior in high school, I was really into like reading a lot of Aristotle and Immanuel Kant. And I read um, The Fountainhead, which is a really, really good book, a, a philosophical book. It's a story, but it's still very philosophical. And um, so, yeah, I, I read a lot of different approaches and I'm always thinking about things in a very philosophical lens. And what I mean by that is like, I just think about things in a very um, metaphysical sort of way. Meaning like if, um, when I perceive, like observe somebody acting a certain way, I, I think like, oh, should, um, by what rule or, or duty should like everybody be acting that way or not? For example, like I think of everything I observe in a very philosophical lens. And I think that I operate my life in a very philosophical way because I, from things that I read and from actions I observe, I take rules and create rules and guidelines for myself. And that's almost like my philosophy and that's what I live by. So I would say I think about things in a very philosophical lens. Yeah, yeah. So it's all about kind of taking ideas from other people that you like, whether it's the whether it's the philosophers or like you were saying before, Jeff Bezos, and taking all of these kind of ideas and just taking the ones that you like and trying to kind of implement it on a daily basis. Yeah, and that that almost goes back to our more uh, mentor conversation because that's kind of like the basis of what it means to have a mentor because um, that's really why people desire mentors is like you're trying to ask the right questions and and learn from them and sort of implement the things that they know into your life. So it's, yeah, I think that, I think that one day my, my goal is really to just be someone who can mentor people and, and do it in the best way possible. And I think the best way possible, at least for me, is speaking of it in a philosophical lens. So if I can do that for people one day, maybe 30, year, 30 years down the road, once I've had, you know, um, a resume of things that I've done and I've, and I'm just like a very qualified individual and, and I can mentor people, um, you know, that's really going to be the goal. Okay. Yeah. Have you thought about creating content now? Um, 
Yeah, I mean, I thought about it. Um, so I, I one time tried to make a social media account that was all about like positivity because like my my friends back in high school told me that I was like a very, very positive dude and that I'd be very good. And I was posting positive things on my on my personal Instagram story. So they figured like, oh, you should try and like, you know, make a almost like a blog, but it's just like about positivity and like, and I tried it, but like, you know, I, I just didn't really love like having to feel the duty to like, you know, work on it every day. And like, you know, I didn't feel that passion and, you know, that's totally okay. Is like another huge mentor of mine is uh, Gary V. Gary Vaynerchuk. And he says, um, you know, in your early twenties, you should just be trying shit, you know? So like, that was just an example of just me trying something. So, yeah. Yeah. The guy I'm actually airing a podcast tomorrow. And one of the guys I had on met Gary P a few years ago and he he has a super cool story. So you'll have to hear that. Um, But yeah, I, I agree. No, Gary V is like, in terms of role models, I think people need to understand that role models don't always have to be like physically present in our lives. Like role models can be somebody that you follow on Instagram or that you subscribe to on YouTube. Like that you kind of, um, and I I feel like no matter who the role model is, you want to take everything that they say with a grain of salt because they have different experiences than you. So not everything that Gary V says is going to be like, is going to relate to necessarily, you know, my life or your life, because, you know, all us three have, you know, very different experiences um, growing up. So I think that um, it's important to take everything with a grain of salt, but at the end of the day, like you got to be kind of your own biggest role model. And it's like, if you think about who you want to be, 10 years from now, or if you think about what you want to be known for, if you died tomorrow, like that's kind of the way that I, I think a lot of the time is like, I'm not, I, I'm done with the immature high school bullshit. I want to do exactly what I want to do in the moment. That's also going to be kind of benefiting me in the long term. Um, and things that I can respect myself for, not worry about what other people perceive me as I just I respect myself for those things so that that's important for me Um, that's definitely very important because like you know um I was talking about this with a friend yesterday actually is like you know you don't want to have a role model to the point where you want to be that person you want to have a role model to the point where you just want to incorporate the things that you like about them and and can see incorporating well into your life that's what it's all about is it's more about incorporating the things that you see and want within them and, and achieving it through the means of learning it through them. Right. That's really how I perceive it. At the end of the day, you know, all we got is us. All we got, all I got is me. So it's like, I, like I, Joe Rogan was a big, still is a big influence on me and kind of role model for me. And one of the big reasons and inspirations behind this podcast. And in the early days, I, I just admire him so much on how he's able to basically be very consistent throughout all of his podcasts, whether he's interviewing Elon Musk or Kanye West, he's obviously a, a slightly different person, but he keeps his composure throughout and, in the in the in the early days of this podcast, the first couple ones, I would 
I would watch like a Joe Rogan podcast for the first like 30 minutes right before the podcast and just hearing his ways in which that he like answered questions. And I would almost kind of emulate that. But I'm like, I'm not trying to, I, I realize I'm not trying to be, I shouldn't be trying to like be Joe, Ro- I, I should, Joe Rogan. I should be trying to be like the absolute best version of me and what I view that like you can you can emulate certain things in successful people but the whole point of all of this is to is to get to know ourselves because if, if you're constantly just replicating what somebody else who is successful in front of you has done you're not creating anything for yourself you're just copying definitely what are some big problems that you think are, I'm not going to go as big as macro is facing the world, but what do you, just kind of our generation, um, what, or I'll give both sides of the coin here. What do you think are some of the um, most positive things that you see about our generation? And what are some of the more negative or things that you're more kind of like worried about? Yeah. So like, that's a good question. I would say like, from my opinion, my personal opinion is that I think that like social media is, is huge and the implications of it are, I hope are going to change because, you know, like my personal opinion is that like, just like sex or alcohol or like a lot of other things in this world, social media, in my opinion, should be perceived as something that only adults do. It should be perceived as something that like kids don't do. And if they do, they're doing something that is just, they're too immature for. Because the reason I think that is because I, um, I see so many people, whether I know them or not, or stories of just like, the general nature of it all too is like, people get so brainwashed based on what they see on social media. And when you're a young age or you're young, you're a young person, whether you're a boy or a girl, like you are going to feel bad about yourself just because you see certain things or, you know, from a guy's perspective, it's usually about like, you're not living the life you wish you were living. And then for girls, it's usually about, you don't look the way you wish you did. And so it's like those things from an arrogant, like it's kind of ignorant to like, you know, think to yourself, oh, this person's taking a picture in front of a yacht. Like, I wish my life was like that. Because the truth of the matter is, is like people only put like their highlights on their social media. Everyone knows that. So basically what I'm trying to say is, is like, you need to be smart. You need to be old and you need to be mature enough to realize that like social media is just a place where like people go to like connect and, and kind of brag about each other. And like, I don't think children realize that. And I think that because of that, like one of the biggest issues we face today and like our generation is we all grew up on social media and like a lot of people, a lot of, a lot of people. And I, I, I'm blessed to say, like, I personally think, you know, I'm working towards doing this less and less every day because it's going to greatly help me with my business is, is basically just people are so concerned about what other people have to say. And it's because, you know, like we have the outlets nowadays for people to be able to share what they have to say with no consequences. And 
you know, that's fine because, you know, most mature adults can handle when somebody hates on you. You're just like, well, fuck that person, you know, like they don't know me. Yeah. Like, but children can't do that. It's and what? It's making a, in a lot of ways, social media is making us very soft as a generation. Yeah, I see that too, because, you know, like a lot of things go said on social media and then they, and then they, um, they don't go on set in person. And I actually thought of a great example of this is um, I was talking to my parents when I visited home last and I said to them, what did you guys do in college when you wanted to hang out with your friend? Because like simply enough, like if I want to go hang out or eat lunch with one of my friends, I just give them a call and I say, hey, you want to go get lunch? And they said, well, very simply enough, because I was just kind of being a little bit foolish on purpose. They said, well, we just would plan ahead. You know, we would just say, you know, meet me here at the clock instead of just calling them out of the blue and say, hey, do you want to go get lunch? You know? Yeah. And so but then I moved, I segued that into asking them, well, what happens if like there was some kid who would like follow you around and you thought he was annoying as shit? And then like he knocks on your door and is like, hey, man, you want to hang out like my dad literally said, you know, probably back in the day would just be like, sorry, nah, sorry, I don't. And like, I just don't see kids nowadays doing something like that, you know? No, people are like, fake. People, people are, are fake, yeah. Well, especially, Max, especially here. Yeah. <laughs> like, I'm not used to that. Like, back home, like, everyone, people are generally pretty genuine, <laughs> I would say. But it, I, I wouldn't even just say it's Miami. It's I think it's more of like a college thing. Like I would say it's more of a college thing because, yeah, I'm from here. And like, I, you know, I love... You know, the vibe, the vibe I get from Miami is it's almost like a, like a city in the Bahamas. It's like people are very chill walking around and like fucking flip flops with their shirt off. And for the most part, like it's a super chill place and like everyone's super chill. You go to parties and such a vibe, but yeah, the call, it's definitely a private school vibes, man. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. But it's like, how many you Miami I'm not even just going to call out girls. I'm going to call out everyone. Like how many files look exactly the same? It's like you Miami 24, 24 with every, the Greek letters after it. Like I know that the, 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 here's a scary thing because I think that, you know, people's personalities most of the time are completely different than their Instagram bio. Like, like their, the Instagram bios might be the same, but their personalities don't reflect that at all. So why wouldn't their Instagram bios reflect their personalities? Why would like I, when I created my Instagram bio, I want like I'm going all the law of attraction out here. Like I'm trying to put what I want out there for the world to see, to get back, you know, some somewhat like-minded people or something. I like that, man, because that's actually so facts. Because people always dm me and stuff and i'm like it's because of my bio and that's exactly what i want but right. yeah. and, but the scary thing is like a lot of these people just you know i'm not gonna say all but a, a, a few and i think it's starting to be more is that people are starting their bios are starting to fit their personalities or vice versa and that like you can go to a pub 52 or something like that and have the same conversation. You feel like you have the same conversation with 50 of the same people, you know, it's like, nobody's it's there's, there's few outliers. It's, it's scary. And it's like, that's not something that I want to be a part of. Like, I want to, I don't want to be 
I don't want my energy to be anywhere near any sheep. Okay. <laughs> I want to be surrounded by other wolves, not by the sheep. And 90% of people are naturally sheep. Well, yeah, man, because I mean, that's just how the food chain works. Like there's always going to be less apex predators than there are going to be the sheep. But like, that's why I always like, I sought out the wolves. Like, for example, I just met this kid the other day who's like, 16 years old and I can tell he's a young wolf and I'm down I'm ready to mentor this kid you know I, I'm seeking out kids I'm seeking out people my age seeking out people older than me who are wolves man and so that's all it's about is like you just got to keep networking you just got to keep looking finding and and building ourselves and like and that's how it goes down man the reason why I asked about if you're creating any content or you thought about it is because like I figured that like, this is honestly one of the best, like, obviously I want to have kind of the in-person mentorship also. And, you know, I want some kid to, you know, message me on Instagram or LinkedIn or something and just like ask me questions because that's, that's me. Like I'm that kid to older people. Like I, the amount of people that I've just hit up on LinkedIn and had like 30 minute zoom calls with just to network is is insane but i want so i want someone to to ask me for advice um but and i've had a few but i feel like social media if you use it as a tool and just kind of these platforms are honestly the best way to streamline that and impact the most amount of people so i'm have this new schedule for this podcast for example that i'm just putting out one podcast a week every friday but then i'm doing the clips monday through thursday and so it's like every day, like I'm shoving it down your throat, whether you like it or not. Like, and if you don't like it, unadd me on Snapchat, unfollow me on Instagram. I don't care. But that's kind of the approach that my friend, um, I don't know if you're familiar with Kimani. Um, he dropped out like a couple months in, but he literally, like from the time I followed him in mid-August, man, he's put on his Instagram story nearly every day the new YouTube video, Lincoln bio, Lincoln bio, Lincoln bio. Um, so that's why I kind of asked if, if, if you want to kind of maximize, maximize the total impact that you have, have you thought about kind of using social media as a potential tool? So yeah, about like that um, whole social media um, thing you brought up is like, yeah, I totally, uh, I haven't met your friend, but that is exactly what you're supposed to be doing because it is true. Like if people are going to either hate on you or like not like what you're doing, then yeah, they should just totally unfollow you. And it's like being, becoming a, a big YouTuber or being just someone big on the internet is all about consistency and all about how much you're posting because they want to feel like you're an actual producer, an actual TV show or whatever it may be. And so you have to be consistent right it's that simple and so like once people begin to be consistent that's really when like growth becomes exponential is no matter what you do consistency is key so is this something that you'd think about implementing into your own strategy for for impact yeah i mean i think that that um that is something i do think about doing is like just making some sort of content is like you know, going back to Gary V is like what Gary V says is if like, you don't know what to like do content about, just pull out your phone and start talking to the camera. That's what he says. 
people overthink so, it. He said, he always says, you know, it doesn't matter. Like, don't think about it so much. Just be authentic. Yeah, exactly. So that's all it's really about is just be authentic, you know, be who you are. And, and then the law of attraction will do you, do you wonders, you know? Exactly. And that's, that's the biggest part of all of this, is that it's not necessarily people go into starting YouTube's a lot of time or podcasts thinking, okay, this is going to be like a stream of income for me. I, I know that like you need a, a fuck ton of subscribers and views to make any money, whether it's from the YouTube monetization or having, you know, sponsorships for your videos, but that's not the point. The point is like ma- making new connections with people that would have never been made if, if I hadn't posted that YouTube clip to my Snapchat and that person hadn't swiped up and said, Hey, I really like what you're doing. And then I say, well, what do you, and then the conversation starts from there. Um, right. Then, yeah. In, in the digital age, if we're really talking about law of attraction, it's not really just about what you do physically anymore. It's about what you put out onto the internet. Like if you're putting out exactly, you know, if you're putting out on the internet, exactly what everyone else is putting out and your Instagram bio looks exactly like everyone else's, you're going to be surrounded by everyone else. And that's not for a lot of people. That's fine. But me personally, that's, that's not what I want. Like I want to, I'd rather find the right people than a lot of people in in essence. Sure. You gotta have that wolf mentality, brother. That's all it is. Definitely. So Max, we can wrap up here soon. I got some things to do, but is there anything else that you kind of wanted to touch on here uh, before, before closing it out? Um, basically I just wanted to say like, if you got to this far, um, thanks for listening to me and read. And like, I just want to say, if you're interested, whether you're a beginner or intermediate experienced trader, look into at Apollo road investing, we have a great group chat reads in there. He loves it. (laughs) And, and, um, also I got something new cooking up soon and I hope people stay tuned for that. So follow me on Instagram at Max C Bauman. And when that comes out, you'll know. And yeah, that's all. And I'm a man with a mission. So you'll see me again. All right. Cool, man. Thanks for coming on here. I'm going to end it, but let's, let's chat for a sec. Hold on.